Hey, everybody. Hope you are doing well on this Monday. Uh, two games in the NBA Finals in the books, and I am pumped up. In about two hours, it will be Stanley Cup hockey from Vegas with the Knights trying to go up to love on Florida. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right to Sean Salisbury here. Didn't get a chance to talk to him last Monday because of the holiday weekend. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How are you, Grant? I'm doing good. I, I got to tell you, you know, every now and then in sports, you come across the team and regardless of whether you root for that team or not, you just have to tip your cap. And that is the Miami Heat. Uh, they're, they're just amazing, Sean. I don't know who's going to win this series, but they are to me the true essence of what a sports team is all about. You know what, Grant, what I love, too, about them is that they grind. Uh, and when I say that, it's like, well, doesn't everybody grind? My point is I actually said at the beginning of the playoffs before this on my show that the reason I like Miami and what they overcome, they are well they're well coached. Spolster's underrated. I don't care what anybody says. Sure he is. And, you know, Pat Riley, when you think about his career and who he was as a player coach and the same thing in the front office, Grant, he's been in 20% of the NBA finals. Did you know that? I did I not know, know that until I read guy. it just a couple of days ago. Yeah, 20% of them. And it's like, good gracious. So he knows how to get it. It permeates through the team. But there's an attitude about them. They are – and people can say, well, teams don't quit. They are a team, Grant. I'm trying to figure out who it reminds me of. But they are – there's an old-school throwback, I mean, nastiness to them. And maybe that's it. I and mean, when you say that, all of a sudden people think, well, they're, they're, not, they're not skilled. Well, hell yes, bam, you saw the pick-and-roll put Jokic in trouble. If there's a weakness a guy has, it's that pick-and-roll on defense. And, my, you know, Malone even said our defense was non-existent, basically. they got to get that better. But Miami – I thought at the beginning of the playoffs, I said, if there's if the Miami Butler takes over and the bench does their thing, this team can beat anybody because how nasty they are. And nasty yep. meaning they don't there's not a lot of egos on the on the floor about who who who's the go-to. We know who it is, but I love their resilience and their grind. And both of these teams, people complain because it's not the Lakers, Celtics. I don't care. These are the two best teams with two yep. of the best players on the planet. And bench strength, and both teams' number two guy, Bam and and Murray, both know how to take care of their business. And I say Bam, yet, you know, um, hell, he he plays both ends. He reminds me, remember the way we were talking about Siakam when Toronto went to the NBA Finals? Yeah. That he was yeah. a good player. Yeah. And they emerged on that stage. We've seen Bam do yep. it, but he continues to elevate his play. So we don't talk about the guy, but he's becoming a real big star yeah. in this league. I just thought, I think their nastiness matters, and you are exactly right. Resilient and Spolstra takes nothing for granted. I think he's really good. I have a very good friend that works for the Miami Heat and has worked there for a long time. And he said that when you go to work, you get a manual that Pat Riley put together. And doesn't matter whether you are Dwayne Wade or you're an assistant secretary. Everyone gets the same manual. And the entire focus is that when you come to work for the Miami Heat, regardless of the position, the goal is to win a championship. And if we win a championship, everyone will celebrate in it and everyone will be rewarded somehow in winning the championship. The organization is, is not just a team on the floor. They're a team within the entire organization. And I love that concept. I'm, I'm surprised more teams don't do that. And don't you think they buy in, Grant? I mean, they the do entire buy organization, yep. it sure looks like it, right? Yep. yep. You, you can't fake this type of success. You can't keep doing no. what they do when there's other teams, obviously, you knew where they were seated, that, that yep. have 
probably more big time stars yet. Butler, you know, Grant, if he wins this and he's the finals MVP, is it, it's kind of hard for me not to say that he's a boy, that he's a Hall of Fame guy. Now I know the the basketball Hall of Fame may be a little easier, but he's proven to be one of our big time stars in this league. And there's an attitude. I guess that's what the word. There's an attitude about them that is the way Pat Riley played. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, Grant? He played. Riley was never a star as a player. He became a star as a coach. He was. I remember Grant. I remember it. We were at a superstar camp in San Diego. It was like the top 100 players. And I, we were invited to a camp, and Pat Riley was there coaching. Man, by the end of the doggone, you know, the session, I, I thought I was afraid to death to be. I thought, damn, if I I better live up to with that guy because you grind. And you're like, man. And that was it when I was 16, 17 years old at the time. So, but this team plays like he would. This team plays like if they didn't have a star that Pat Riley on defense diving on the floor. They're going to give Denver everything they can handle, and we saw this is a resilient, nasty group, man. There are no Marcelo Ozunas on the floor. I'll tell you that. That shit you would last about two seconds with that organization. Oh, yeah. You get me started on that. And real quick, MJ60 makes a great point. The same people complaining about San Diego State and UConn. That's Miami and Denver. Well, if you don't want them in the NBA Finals, don't want to watch them, then have their ass beat the teams that are – or have the teams beat them that are supposed to. Ozuna, Grant, I watched that live yesterday because I was just yeah. watching all the games on the baseball package, and I was the, the score was three to three. To me, it's just so disrespectful to your teammates, <laughs> and I don't want anybody to come on here and well, that's old heads talking. No, 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 that's everybody talking, old and young alike. There are certain lines that you they, they, there are certain things you don't do whether you're twenty or seventy, and whether you were not playing in the sixties or whether you're playing in. 2025 or 2050. Listen, when the ball's hit and it's not a it's not a tape measure job that you're going to watch, you can watch the replay in the dugout. Get your ass moving in a 3-3 game because it may end up being the run that matters. I, I thought it was a Bush League bitch-ass move, and I don't like it. And I'm not a guy that minds a bat flip when you win a, a walk-off yeah, in care. the ninth. I like fun. I, I do. Yeah. I like fun. I like celebration and gamesmanship. But it, this was just lazy, look at me, selfish bullshit. And I think he got benched. And if he, he didn't, did. I'm two innings yeah, later. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, but you know what, Sean? This shit happens people. all the time. I got to tell you, you know, I'm, brutal, I'm, a fan, I'm a big fan of Phil Mushnick of the New York Post. And he calls this shit out all the time. And he says, you know, once again, you know, and he always talks about the Yankees, Josh Donaldson and other players. And he's, he talks about how Aaron Boone doesn't ever do anything. He said, well, once again, so and so stretched a double into a single or triple into a double because they're jogging out of the box. And as long as managers do not punish their players, and I think what happened yesterday is perfect. I think he should have been taken out of the game as he was standing on first. If you really want to make a message, take the send a pinch runner in for him at first base. Instead, you know, they waited two innings to remove him. I didn't really yep. understand that, you know. You know I, what I've I done, done, Grant? I'm with you. I'm being honest with you. I, I am with <clears> – <throat> and I usually – listen, I – I, 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 like I said, I like energy and I like fun, but there's a time and a place and to use that bat flip or yep. admire your tape measure home run. I get it. And like I said, there's certain things, but in the seventies or now there's certain places you got to run out and you got to go make a play. You know what I'd have yep. done? He embarrassed our team and himself. So I would have embarrassed him. I yep. would have, when he stood on first base, just before the pitcher got on the mound, I said timeout and I had to come out and I had to yep. ran, I'd have walked a pinch runner out there to put on first base and get his ass out. 
Yep. And I wouldn't have had to say a damn thing. The message would have That's been right. sent. And it would and have been sent to you, everyone in the You don't in do the that. Clubhouse. Player empowerment. Fuck player empowerment. Yep. Okay? And I'm tired of I am. And like I yep. said, I you hit a home run in the body. You, you're Aaron Judge, and you hit your 60-second home run, and you want to watch it. Have at it. But – but but even when it's going out, you got to make sure that thing goes out. This is we're talking about a game. Can you imagine in any other gig? It's the equivalent of a guy missing a layup, and everybody said, and his guy's running down the court, and he stops at half court when they're even and just lets him go dunk the basketball, and it's a tie game in the in the middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Or there are probably better examples, but I thought, and I don't know him from Adam. I just I thought it was bush league and weak, and I think yeah. it's disrespectful to your teammates, let alone. Basically, you, you might as well have turned and flipped off your dugout and your manager and said, I'm going to do what I do. It's a me moment. Yeah, well, I got your me moment. Your me moment left you standing on first base. Admire your single in the friggin' dugout that you didn't have. Oh, guess hey. what? Sorry, Ozuna, you and your warning track power on the hit. Take your ass back. It hit the fence. It didn't go over. Go sit down. You know, we see it, unfortunately, in all sports. We see it in football with guys hot dog and running across the line and they drop the ball at the half yard line sometimes. You know, you see it You see it in the NBA after a big dunk and, you know, uh, they, they they stop for a second or two to, you know, do what they do and they get beat in transition on defense. It's unfortunately, it goes on in sports. I want to get back to uh, what we saw yesterday in game two. I, I think the fourth quarter that Miami played yesterday was as impressive as any quarter that I've seen this year. They completely dismantled Denver in every single form, whereas the Nuggets could barely get a shot off. They had to work hard for every possession. They were completely taken out of their game, and Miami made the extra pass, and they were getting easy shots. Now, they had some tremendous play. Duncan Robinson, obviously, it was got hot, but the point is that was a complete dismantling of a tremendous team in the fourth quarter. They smothered him, Grant. Yeah. They dominated him on the offensive end and smothered him on the other. Now, you know, the key here is, okay, what's next? How are they going to respond to this as Miami did to them being down one? Now the home field, or should I say home court, shifts to, to Miami. Well, I also, you know, Murray, Jokic, and when we know this, Jokic is when, – but when somebody put the stat on, well, when he scores, have they figured something out? He scores 40 or scores 45. Let him score. I think that question was asked to Spolstra himself about, and then he went on to say, listen, this guy is so good. It's not just as simple as letting him score and then take care of everybody else. It's worked, but I could say it about LeBron. I could say it about Steph. When more people are involved, you're scoring 28 and 30. It's like a quarterback. When you throw 55 times and 500 yards, but nobody else is involved, you don't stop anybody, and you don't run the football, you don't usually win. So with Jokic, yeah, I get your 40-plus, but when they're at their best is when Murray's got 28, Jokic has 30, and he's got 15 assists and 12 rebounds, and that's who they are. So, and it, we, listen, Jordan and Pippen, you don't want them both scoring 40. One, and no. that's and, and they did a great job of Miami saying, listen, and Spolster admitted, Jokic is going to get his. Yep, he's going to get his. The kid, but getting his is dominating the game with his passing, rebounds, and getting others involved who are knocking down shots. And they're going to need more from Murray in game three because they did a good job defending yeah. him. And if I'm not mistaken, Butler guarded him most of the game, and it paid off for him because that's a relentless, nasty guy that will not – you're going to have to fight for everything you get. And they didn't get enough of it. Yeah. Big win and had a good look at the final three but just couldn't knock it down. All right, football. Are you surprised DeAndre Hopkins has not been uh, picked up by a team yet? 
No, I think, Grant, there's a couple things. I, I delved into this and dove into it with somebody who's closer to the situation there than I am. And I asked him if practice habits were a problem. And he said to some, yes. So there is the hint that he just, he's a guy that may go out there, doesn't practice yet. He's a gamer. We know that. And you'll get people that say, who cares? But you don't want that example for others. If I'm a Hopkins fan, I don't know if he's a dominant number one anymore at 30, but he's he's a really good one. You're damn right. And he, I think with the right quarterback, he can still be, if he goes to Mahomes and Kansas City, other than Kelsey, he's your number one receiver, right? I mean, yep. the guy can play, but does he want to win a Super Bowl? Well, it's, don't you're, you're not going to show up in Houston if you want to win a Super Bowl. So, uh, I think the money, Grant, I, I'm not willing to pay him 18 or 19 million bucks a year. Are mm-hmm. you injury history? He is one failed test away from being out for the year. That's right. One to one for PED. So that's right. As much I'm a big hop fan. I thought it was stupid to trade him for a second round pick anyway when they did in Houston. Yep. But yep. part of the reason was they didn't like the way he approached practice. They did not like it. And so, and that was told to me. So I, I'm assuming that that money, you know, it, how healthy is he? Are they willing to take the risk at 15, 17 million bucks on a Beckham type deal? Yet he, were the PEDs, where's his game at? I think he's yeah. really damn good. I'm with you. But. I, I understand why there's a little trepidation. I don't think there's 32 teams in this market for him. Yeah. And I'm not sure how many he wants to play for other than the couple that we've seen mentioned. So I think that both have something to do with it. Bottom line is, though, if the guy can help you win games, he's going to sign. The question sure. is, who's willing to take a $15 million flyer on it? You probably played with guys that were like that, right? I, I played with guys that were average practice players, but mm-hmm. – Rarely have I. I'm, I'm thinking. I can remember. I'm thinking of stars, Grant. You know what I mean. I can remember playing with Rodney. Rodney Harrison was a teammate. Rodney Harrison would knock your dick right in the dirt on in a practice. He didn't care. Right. Matter of fact, if you he could be on your own team, and you, he was going to let you know. Junior Seau practiced as hard as anybody I've ever seen. Randall McDaniel. I'm, I'm naming Hall of Famers. Uh-huh. John Randall, Junior Seau, uh, uh, Herschel Walker. When he played with us, I know he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he played with us in Minnesota. Grant, he would run special teams. He would run the scout team and the first team. He, he did it all. Mike Merriweather, an outside linebacker. Mike didn't care. He just wanted to. So I've not been around the, the diva. Chris Carter practiced hard. Chris wasn't Steve Largent. Chris wasn't what you'd say, but he went hard when the play. Chris had a lot of fun, which some people, you know, we joke around. But when it was time to do business, he did business, and he showed up on Sundays. But he practiced hard because the coaches I were with, Bobby Ross in San Diego, Denny Green, they very few of them were willing to allow practice to be a flop dick around, right? You know, sure. everybody's kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I haven't had guys, and I don't. I mean, I don't know any players that were complaining about Hop. If you're injured, you don't practice. But you know, if he's not a great practice player, it comes down to: Are you a great practice player or a gamer, or are you a yeah. reluctant practice guy where you don't want to practice? There's a difference in attitude towards that. But he's going to help somebody, and I sure as hell, if I'm Buffalo or Kansas City or Baltimore, I'd want him on my team. Most, most stars don't get to be stars by half-assed it in practice. I mean, it's just, you know, one normally has to do with the other. I I always, for I was so blessed to be doing my radio show hours before the game started in the NBA, where I was a lot of times the first player in, except for, when, first player, first person in the building, except for when I got to L.A., and I started doing my show at three o'clock 
for a 7.30 game. And there were two things that always stood out to me. Kobe was always there. And the legendary Chick Hearn was already there preparing for the game. Four and, and a half hours before the game. That's correct. And that's greatness. And that's greatness. And I used to see Ray Allen come out every single time we played a Ray Allen team three hours before the game and go through his workout. LeBron James used to come out many times with the last five guys on the roster who always had to get to the gym early and go through a strenuous workout. It was part of the deal. It's very standard in the NBA. If you're not playing, you get your ass there and you get your work in. And LeBron many times would be with those other guys, the bench guys, and he would go through an entire workout with them Full tilt, not 70%, not 80%, not 90%. I mean full tilt for an hour, okay? And then he'd come back when the game started and he'd kick everyone's ass. You've, you yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I do, Grant. Athletes I, like I, this, these special yeah. athletes are special because they work harder than everybody else. Yeah, and the ones that have all that talent and then train like they're a backup trying to win a job, those are the, those are the guys. I have rarely been on a team, and I can't remember many, where the best workers – were usually your best players. That's right. It is more, they, they were, they knew they had a gift and it also made a difference for the backup who was watching saying, well, you know, I want to, who I want to be like, well, this dude's here four hours before the game and he's a hall of famer and he's one of the great players of all time. It yeah. does matter. And you do it. And you, it's it, even if you don't want it to hit different, it hits different. So yeah. I, I friggin love guys. Well, Jordan was well documented that he worked his oh, ass off and the great ones that I've ever played with all, <clears throat> never took practice for granted. They had fun, but they knew what they were doing. Grant, let me just ask her a couple questions. Yes, Cody, Hopkins' catch radius is like, and his hands are like Chris Carter and like Larry Fitzgerald. Similar. None of them had great speed. All of them finishers. Mm -hmm. Hopkins is a finisher. And a USC question, student body right originate from, you know, that I'm not sure the exact origination, but the, the phrase, it's just because, when one thing we do do now, who started it? I don't know if it was John McKay or somebody right. before him, but what it is, is we pulled a lot of people. And so it was student body, right? You're going to feel like the entire student body's coming downhill when we run 28 pitch is what we called it. Dot, right, which is dot, meaning dot the I, 28 pitch. And that's what we called it. And we turn and pitch it and we call it student body, right? The announcers always called it that because it, Wherever it originated from, who the original said it, it just had to do with we're pulling guards, a tackle, the center's getting out. Then once we got on that edge, you were on defense feeling like that 27 people and in, in the entire student body were coming at you. So I don't know the exact origination. I think that's a great sports quiz question that I'd like to do some research on. I just knew when I pitched it to Marcus Allen, there wasn't a damn soul on the planet was going to stop his ass. And how they had Bruce Matthews and Don Mosbar and all these yeah. big-ass guys that are first-round picks blocking for him. Roy Foster, I wouldn't want it to be on defense either playing us. How many guys would pull on that play? Uh, and, and did that depend on the defensive alignment? Yes, the, right. and who the front was and where right. we were. It, we, we had, you know, the, the tight end was hooking and getting to the next level. Yep. We always had the lead fullback getting the edge, which was first man that shows outside the tight end. If it's a strong safety, Kenny Easley, you go up and you greet him. That's your guy because he's a bad man. Right. And then we'd pull the guard, the the, the play side guard, play side tackle. And if there was the, the, the then the next uncovered guy, Grant, the backside tackled seal off. The quarterback a lot of times would pitch and seal off just to make a guy go around you. Hell, Vince Evans used to go in there and block people. That's he was tough <laughs> as hundred year old leather. I'm, I'm not bullshit. Yeah. 
he'd peel around and cut a guy. And they, But if the center was uncovered, now imagine this, Grant snapping, and those athletic centers to be able to snap it and still pull. So whoever the other uncovered lineman was, left guard, center. So you're talking about tight end, hook, right tackle, right guard, center or left guard, and then the lead fullback, and then the, the baddest cat on the planet wearing number 33 behind him. Oh, yeah. Boy. I understand why corners decided to run to the yeah. sidelines instead of take those big beasts on. It was a fun thing to watch. You had Hall of Famers all over the place on your <coughs> on your teams at USC. I'm just curious. Yeah. When you were the quarterback at USC, was there one defender that you played against most years that was Lawrence Taylor-esque, you know, for college? Sorry about that. I had to fix I coughed. I didn't want to cough in here. No problem. I when we're playing it like in conference, there was always a player. That's like what I mean. Played, yeah, yeah. The, like Donnie Rogers was at UCLA and Grant God rest his soul. He was a, mm. oh boy. a monster, right? Yeah. Um now on, on the practice field when you're playing against Tim McDonald, I mean, the practice field was about as bad ass as it got. Yeah, but I'm talking about not on the not on your team, on another right, team. Right, right. I exactly. But so game, you'd run into, you know, we run into guys on 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 like the Bob Crables or the remember Crable at Notre Dame linebacker. Oh boy. Yeah. But I'll tell you who the best ever, the, the best single-game performance in person on defense I ever saw or played against a guy I had. My first start in the swamp at Florida my sophomore year. And we were driving to win the game at the end with a chance to win. And Wayne Peace was their quarterback. It must have been 100. I mean, you know, the temperature on the sideline, it was Keith Jackson and Frank Broyles. It was a national game of the week. And we're going back and forth. Wilbur Marshall in that game had, I believe it was four and a half sacks and 22 tackles. And remember, he was lined up over Don Mosbar and Bruce Matthews, both first-round picks. Wow. And two of the finest foot – Bruce Matthews is as fine a guard tackle say, as you'll ever find, and hence in the Hall of Fame. They, Wilbur Marshall – people will go back and still contact me about Sean. I was in the swamp that day. He beat me to a pulp. It was the greatest – you know. and then Wilbur went on to be a great player. I've never sure – first of all, I've never witnessed – the punishment I took that day for no other reason. Some of it may have been mine too, holding on to the ball, but it didn't matter where I was. It was like 15 Wilbur Marshalls were on the field. And I get reminded of that shit from a Florida fan. And I laugh with them because still to this day, when somebody says, Sean, Wilbur Marshall, you know, it was that, it was epic. You go back and look to this day, people are still saying, man, Sean, I felt bad for you that day. Yeah, well I did too. Cause Wilbur Marshall made us look quite frankly, all of us, even though we had a chance to win like it was amateur hour, it was a boy playing, I mean, a, a bunch of boys playing against a man. And you know damn well, as document, how many good players we had at SC, Grant. Wilbur Marshall did whatever he wanted that day. It was like a man possessed that afternoon. It was unbelievable. I love reminiscing with you. I mean, you were you were in an era, and again, I don't know, I'm sure that someone could figure this out. I'm not sure that there were too many people that could go back to their college team and say, oh, yeah, this guy was a Hall of Famer. This ended up being a Hall of Famer. This ended up being a Hall of Famer. I don't know if anyone could say that more than what you experienced at USC. The players that you played with during that era, truly some of the greatest players we've ever seen. Oh, yeah, from freshmen to seniors. Because at, at that That's point, what time, I mean. Grant, they, they stayed in school, right? That's right. So they were there the whole time. The only team I can think now, Notre Dame's had great players, but I'm talking about yeah, the yeah. array of in that time at, is Miami Hurricanes when they ran through it. You could get – if you're talking to Michael Irvin or Vinny Testaverde about and they start rolling through their guys, you're like, that'd be a hell of a spring game. I'll tell you that. The <laughs> Miami Hurricanes at their best and the Trojans at theirs. Yeah. Oh, my was, God. 
And it's not just college, like college football Hall of Famers and then NFL Hall of Famers. So they didn't just dominate in college and disappear. They went on to great NFL careers. So, yeah, it was the mo- the, one of the most intimidating moments of my life was my first practice in the fall as a red, as, as a true freshman walking out there. It was like, oh boy. Sean, you're the, you're, you're the number one recruit in the country yet. You're like, I'm like Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other. These dudes are, this is a different world I'm playing in from Orange Glen High School. And it was sure a blast, but every day on the practice field was as intense and physical as I ever played with. Any well, you, you know, I'm very close with uh, Mike Lamb and Greg oh, Coed, yeah. who were, you know, within that same. Uh, uh, they get, they same know. Yep. And uh, it, what, what I love is when I hang out with them, and they share the stories when we're having a beer or two. It, it, it's just, it doesn't get any better than that, you know? See, Lamb, Lamb had to bl- block, like, Dwayne Bickett and Jack yep. Del Rio, and you'd go, <laughs> and it's like, it's like Clam, like, man, and Clam was a big old strong, you know, Clovis, yeah. big, big old beast, right? And then you have, on the other side, Greg Cowett, who's that guy who has to come up, and Greg's a, a <laughs> heat-seeking missile who's as, Greg's still jacked, right? You yeah, see, he, oh, boy. Oh. He comes flying off the edge. Greg had to, and that was a time when we were leading with the helmet and spring practice was full go, <laughs> drag him to the ground. And yeah. Greg was the guy I'm talking about. That you, the first time he shows up fullback, you and him, go give yourself some. So I wouldn't want to be Greg Cowett either or the guy who had to take Greg's hits. Thank goodness as a quarterback, stay away from us in spring ball. I don't want any part of it. So it was great. Have a great week, my friend. Love you, brother. Glad, Love glad you. to talk to you and glad to be back on with you. Thank you. All right. Take care, man. That's good Thank stuff you. from Sean Salisbury. Seriously, though, you know, you, you think about that team that he played on uh, at Southern Cal. I mean, through the four years, the players that came in and out of there. I mean, Mike used to tell me stories about Ronnie Lott and Marcus Allen and, you know, again, uh, you know, Munoz and, you know, Jack Del Rio. And you can go on and on. I'm skipping some, but. Truly remarkable, uh, the players uh, at USC. All right, don't forget to uh, join me coming up uh, in about uh, 30 minutes or so over on Listen App. Looking forward to that. Uh, Tomorrow here on my Open Forum Tuesday, I'm getting ready to watch hockey a little bit later tonight. Cannot wait. Game two with Vegas and Florida. But first, uh, I want to tell you that uh, Bennett's is a fabulous place to go, particularly on the weekends. Their weekend brunch is phenomenal. They also have the prime rib featured on the weekends. Over 50 different types of wine available by the glass. Roseville, Eureka, and Lead Hill Road, Sacramento, Howe and Fair Oaks, and soon coming to Rockland. Go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com. That's Bennett'sRestaurants.com for food to go, their menu, and everything else. That's Bennett's. You will love it. Prime seafood, and steak. Have a fabulous rest of your day. All right? Yes, indeed. It is in the same parking lot as Makuni's. All right? Same parking lot. You'll find Bennett's. It's fabulous. All right. Take care, everybody. Really enjoyed my conversation with Sean, and hopefully you can join me over on Listen App in just a little bit. Have a good one. Bye-bye now.